Hello, I'm Zach Cooper from the American Enterprise Institute. And I'm Evan Feigenbaum, Vice President for Studies at the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace. And Zach, let's talk a little bit about Southeast Asia, because, you know, Wendy Sherman, who's the new Deputy Secretary of State, just made a trip to the region, and she included stops in Thailand, Cambodia, Indonesia. So clearly it was supposed to be a trip that the administration thought was going to showcase American engagement. But I've noticed this flurry of commentaries in recent weeks that claim the United States is largely ignoring the region. So I'm wondering, is that just bellyaching? How do you think the U.S. is postured, especially after her trip? It's such a tough issue for the Biden team, because if you go back to December and January, you had Tony Blinken talking about how the Biden team was going to deeply engage in ASEAN and Southeast Asia more generally. And now if you look, you know, there are no ambassadors named uh, in the region yet. Shangri-La was just canceled. The ASEAN, APEC, EAS summits have gone virtual for the fall. So it it really seems like there aren't a lot of engagement opportunities for the Biden team. And oh, by the way, the uh, inability to get ASEAN together because of the ongoing situation with Burma has made their life so much more difficult. So now I think they, they want badly to engage the region, but they don't have easy forward to do so. And I think the substantive issues are tricky for them too. You know, the discussion on democracy is challenging in the region, and they don't quite have an economic plan yet. So my sense is they've got the right attitude, but I, I don't know that they have the policy approach in place yet that's going to be attractive to the region. Yeah. You know, I agree with you. I mean, I'm not saying one either, because I think uh, we've kind of arrived at really what I view as the third crisis the U.S. has faced in Southeast Asia over the last 50 years or so. So the first one was in 75, obviously, after the communist victory in Vietnam. And that was kind of a crisis of confidence, right? Because the core question in the region then was whether the U.S. was going to stay engaged, whether we were going to recommit to a long-term future in Southeast Asia. But the U.S. basically got over that bar. Then there was the second crisis in 97 with the Asian financial crisis. And so if the first was a crisis of confidence, this one was kind of a crisis of relevance. The U.S. bailed out Mexico in 1994. Then we refused to bail out Thailand for years later. And many folks in the region were basically asking, did the U.S. have solutions to offer at a moment when economic troubles pretty much blew every other Southeast Asian concern away? So now I think we're facing a third crisis, and I'd call this one a crisis of faith. So to put that a little differently, the U.S. is clearly committed to its own agenda, which is to compete strategically with China. And because China is a challenge to the region, I think pretty much every Southeast Asian government understands that and, in fact, wants the U.S. engaged even more deeply. But they also want to have some faith in the idea that they mean something more than just being proxies in America's own strategic competition with China. They want Washington to get China right by getting Asia right. And instead, what I think some of them think they're seeing is that the U.S. is making China the alpha and omega of every discussion, policy initiative with literally every country in Asia. So that worries me for some of the same reasons it worries you, because I think, frankly, it risks signaling to Southeast Asians that they aren't of much interest to us on their own terms, because we don't have a dedicated agenda for the region apart from enlisting them as proxies in our battles with Beijing. And if you're Southeast Asian, that's a pretty piss poor message because they can't fight the map and they can't fight economic gravity. And so I don't know what you see as the solution, but I think it's you know basically to bring solutions for collective action to the region on the issues that animate Southeast Asia's daily reality. So that means security, but especially it means trade, growth, development, innovation. And this is turning out to be a higher bar than I had thought it would be for the new team 
Do you agree with that or do you? I completely agree. Yeah. And, and we always knew that TPP was going to be a challenge and, you know, trade investment approach was going to be really difficult. But I think part of the challenge that I hear is, you know, a concern that maybe the U.S. hasn't actually shifted that far away from the more protectionist policies of the last four years. And so if you don't have that positive, proactive economic agenda in Southeast Asia, then you're kind of stuck, as, as you noted, with this more competitive focus on China to some degree. And to the extent that we've seen really deep engagement from the Biden team in the Indo-Pacific, it's largely been through the Quad. And although I know every time that a Quad statement talks about ASEAN centrality, it doesn't surprise me that friends in Southeast Asia feel that this isn't maybe quite the focus of the Quad. Uh, in fact, the Quad is gaining traction in part because the United States doesn't think that ASEAN can solve these problems. And so even though I'm very supportive of the vaccine initiative that the Biden team pushed through with the Quad, I worry that this tension between the Quad and ASEAN is something that is really unresolved and just going to get worse. But I, I don't know if you agree with that. Yeah, I'd be curious. So if you go through your wish list, what's your number one? Because I can tell you what mine is, and it's really to get the trade policy piece right. Um, I think, you know, Kathy Ty's in office now as U.S. Trade Representative. It's going to take them six to eight months to get this stuff sorted. And I think the politics are very tough in the U.S. on both sides of the aisle. The U.S. may never do another major multilateral trade agreement, much less come back to TPP. And so I think they need to be much more creative with the bilaterals, things like digital trade, services agreements, and so on. What's number one on your list? Same thing. Uh, and we only have 10 seconds left, so we're probably going to leave it there. But I, I think you're exactly right. If the U.S. doesn't have an economic strategy for Southeast Asia, then it doesn't really have a strategy at all. I agree. Thanks, Zach. Thanks, Evan.